Welcome to the Israel Daily News Podcast. I'm your host, Shanna Fold, and I'm here to get you caught up quickly. I've got some top news stories for you today from Israel, and guess what? You're listening, so you're already on top of your game. Survive and thrive, people. Knowledge is the best weapon. Today is Monday, September 18th, 2023, in the Gregorian calendar, and the 3rd of Tishrei, 5784, in the Hebrew calendar. Welcome to a new year, everyone. How was your holiday? Mine was great. I hosted 10 new immigrants in Tel Aviv. One of them just moved here a week and a half ago. So I was very happy to serve as her family in Israel for this big holiday. We all ate, connected, spoke some words of Torah, and talked about our personal aspirations for the new year ahead. Everyone got along, everyone enjoyed the food, and we had just a merry, flowing time. What did you do to celebrate I'm interested to know the traditions. If you did something that you think might be an unusual way to celebrate the Jewish New Year, I would love to hear about it. Send me an email. I hope you had a great weekend. But now, let's get to the news. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is facing backlash after suggesting protesters who are against the judicial reform sweeping Israel are aligning themselves with Israel's enemies like Iran and the PLO or the Palestinian Liberation Organization. That's the full name for PLO. He claims they are acting against the nation and making the country look bad. On the international stage, opposition leader Yair Lapid of Yeshatid argues Netanyahu's recent actions are the ones that have severely damaged Israel's global standing. Benny Gantz, leader of the National Unity Party, says so as well. Netanyahu's team then had to respond to these statements from these two Israeli leaders and ended up saying that what Netanyahu had meant to say was that he resents the fact that protesters are planning to demonstrate while he is going to be speaking to the United Nations on Friday at the same time that pro-PLO and pro-BDS activists are likely going to be outside of the Assembly Hall also demonstrating against him. BDS stands for Boycott Divest Sanctions, which is a Palestinian-led group dedicated to boycotting Israel in every way, including with economic sanctions. So essentially Netanyahu is trying to say that if Israelis are protesting him and the people who are against Israel on the international stage are protesting him, then then he puts he's putting them in the same category. The U.N. General Assembly is taking place in New York City and Netanyahu will be giving his presentation there just two days before the Jewish People's Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, which comes in. On a Sunday night at sundown, that's coming up. Yom Kippur is on the way. So get ready and spend some time thinking about all that has happened in the year behind you and all that you would like to see happen in the year ahead. A 47-year-old Palestinian man attempted a stabbing attack at the Mazmuria checkpoint near Har Homa in southern East Jerusalem this morning. So that's Monday. Officers thought the man seemed suspicious as he had approached the checkpoint from the West Bank, concealing one hand behind his back while he approached. 
When questioned by border police officers, he pulled out a knife and charged toward them. In response, a border police officer shot him. The suspect was then taken to a nearby hospital for treatment. Also this morning, a Palestinian gunman carried out three separate shooting attacks against Israeli forces in the West Bank. No injuries have been reported. The incidents come amidst heightened security measures during the Jewish high holidays season, which is going to last for another few weeks. There was another security incident over the holiday weekend. Israeli security forces arrested two suspects in Ramle on Route 431. One comes from Jaffa and the other from the Jerusalem area. Police believe they were involved in a blast in Tel Aviv's Park Hayarkon. The road in central Israel was temporarily closed in both directions while these two men were arrested. Both suspects are Israeli citizens. One of the suspects admits he has a connection to the incident, which happened in Tel Aviv's Park Hayarkon, where a bomb was detonated early Friday morning. Nobody was hurt from this bomb. Police are warning locals to be vigilant as they expect terrorists might be using the holiday weekend and the holiday period in general as an excuse to cause injury to Jews. Further details are not coming out about this because it's under a gag order, but if we hear something, we'll report it for you here at the Israel Daily News podcast. A ministerial panel in Israel is giving cabinet support to a proposed bill trying to legalize facial recognition cameras in public spaces. The legislation, championed by Justice Minister Yariv Levin and National Security Minister Itamar Ben-Gavir, is framed as an effort to combat crime in Arab communities. However, critics argue it lacks clear oversight on the use of this powerful technology, particularly in light of recent allegations that police are misusing these types of advanced tools. The bill allows police to deploy facial recognition technology for preventing, uncovering, or thwarting serious crimes, but it's facing concerns about privacy and oversight. Critics say before this technology can be used, it needs stronger safeguards to be added to the text of the legislation. The use of this new technology also raises concerns about potential privacy infringements, particularly due to the necessity for the cameras to access established biometric photograph databases for real-time identification. Speaking of violence in the Arab community, a mayoral candidate named Musab Dukan in Nazareth has withdrawn from the upcoming race after he, along with his brother and cousin, were shot and injured on August 28th. This incident occurred amidst a surge of violence in the Arab-Israeli communities, particularly impacting municipal politics in Nazareth. Dukan, a city council member, has been challenging the incumbent mayor Ali Salam for the October 31st election. His decision is attributed to threats on his life with reports of shots fired toward his family home in July. The situation in Nazareth has raised widespread security fears among citizens, prompting calls for increased voter participation. Political violence has also been on the rise in Nazareth, including threats against Mayor Salam and tragic incidents involving the deputy mayor's family members as well. 
Just a note here, I am going to be running through my organization, Tribe Tel Aviv, a series of talks from mayoral candidates for Tel Aviv. So those are on the way. If you want to hear a talk from a candidate for mayor and you want to hear it in English, because most of those talks are done in Hebrew, if you want to really understand what's going on, keep an eye on the Israel Daily News podcast or go over to Tribe Tel Aviv because we will be marketing those events in the upcoming month. Following up on a story we've been keeping an eye on here at the Israel Daily News podcast, five Israeli suspects have been charged in Cyprus for the gang rape of a British woman. The trial is set to commence on October 5th, and the defendants will face charges including rape, sexual assault, sexual harassment, and abduction. The suspects, between the ages of 19 and 20, are from the northern Arab-Israeli town of Maj al-Krum. They were arrested after a 20-year-old British tourist reported being forcibly taken from a hotel pool area during a party and then raped by several men in a hotel room. The woman who has returned to the UK is being represented by Michael Pollack, a lawyer who handled a similar case in 2019. UNESCO, during a meeting in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, officially designated the ruins near the ancient city of Jericho in the West Bank as a, quote, world heritage site in Palestine. This decision was not welcomed by Israel, and it specifically refers to the Tel Es Sultan archaeological site containing prehistoric ruins from the 9th millennium BCE. That's a long time ago. The ancient city of Jericho is one of the oldest continually inhabited cities globally and is situated in an area now governed by the Palestinian Authority. This site joins three other UNESCO World Heritage Sites in the Palestinian territories, Israel criticized the move, viewing it as a politicization of UNESCO by the Palestinians. Although Israel withdrew from UNESCO in 2019, it remains a party to the World Heritage Convention and participated in the meeting. Jericho holds historical and biblical significance and is a significant tourist attraction in the Palestinian territories due to its historical sites and proximity to the Dead Sea. Israel's foreign ministry says it views this move as, quote, another sign of Palestinians' cynical use of UNESCO and politicization of the organization, end quote, and promised to work to change the distorted decisions that have been made. I want to thank all of you for your interest in Israeli affairs. Israeli politics are world politics I also want to thank all of you who personally finance and fund the Israel Daily News podcast with monthly contributions. You can also support us by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Two, you can share the show with a friend. And three, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at IsraelDaily.News, as well as Shanna Fold. My name has two N's in it, and I'm very sensitive about that. You can also find us on Twitter at Israel Podcast. All right, and now for some positive news. Saudi Arabia, along with the European Union, the Arab League, and other international partners are introducing the, quote, peace day effort aimed at encouraging a peace agreement between Israel and the Palestinian Authority. This initiative will be presented at a ministerial event during the United Nations General Assembly. Three working groups will focus on developing a peace-supporting package to be offered upon the signing of a future peace deal. 
The groups will cover regional cooperation, economic cooperation, and humanitarian and security issues. The plan builds upon the Arab Peace Initiative and a 2013 EU offer of support upon reaching a peace agreement. Although separate from formal peace negotiations, the initiative hopes to create incentives for both parties to engage in peace talks. The working groups aim to present the peace supporting package by September of 2024. So that's in a year from now. Get this. Israeli and Palestinian officials were not invited to this event. But their input uh, apparently is being sought for this package. What do you think about that? The EU's foreign policy chief will discuss the initiative with Israel's foreign minister and the Palestinian Authority foreign minister at the UN General Assembly. Well, anyone who is putting an effort in to get ideas for peace down on paper has my attention and has my support. So I will keep you posted on this initiative. Israel's national tennis team has achieved a surprising victory against Japan in the Davis Cup, securing a spot in the playoffs for a potential spot in the final 16 of the tournament. The team emerged triumphant with a 3-2 win in Tel Aviv after coming from behind in the five singles matches. Although the teams were tied at 1-1 on Saturday, Israel initially trailed 2-1 on Sunday. However, players Daniel Zuckerman and Ishai Oliel both won their matches, ultimately clinching the victory for the Israeli team. While Japan's chances of reaching the finals have diminished, they still have an opportunity to compete against other teams. Israel's next opponent will be determined later on in the week. I am not sure if you're thinking it, but I am thinking it, and I'm wondering it. How did Israel's team play a match on Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year? I really want to know. I mean, I suppose playing sport is not a is not halachically or, you know, in a religious court of law. Perhaps you can do it, but I am I'm very surprised that this went through. Perhaps I'll be able to find out with a little digging. All right. Well, that is it for today's show. Today is Monday, September 18th, 2023. Tel Aviv has a low of 22 degrees Celsius and a high of 29 degrees. That's 73 degrees Fahrenheit for the low, going up to 85 degrees for the high. Subscribe to the Israel Daily News podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're hearing it from. We are everywhere. Don't forget to sign up to our Israel Weekly News Wrap. The Israel Weekly News Wrap is a newsletter with the top five stories coming out of Israel from throughout the week. And of course, it has a personal note from me at the top. You can sign up for that at our website, israeldaily.news. I want to give a big thank you to our social media director, Michelle Milner. I'll send you off now with a song called Aneni Na by the Jerusalem cousin duo Kunda and Laor. Enjoy this song and have a great and productive day and... An excellent week. Shavua Tov, everyone, and Happy New Year. Pumping this love from Leva Olam. Beat Aleph Bed, beat, beat, Bafanan. Inside the land of Zion, it's a dance designed to move everyone. 
So yalla cool on, put your worries aside This beat is a sign, your body decides Yalla cool on, we won't let them divide Jerusalem sisters all on the same side Jerusalem people are on the same side Wherever you are